0: Welcome to What the Bump, a birth story podcast. My name is Jen. I am a former labor and delivery nurse who stepped away from bedside nursing after having two babies of my own to become a full-time birth doula. This podcast is where you come to hear birth stories of all different kinds. I believe every birth story is unique. Every birth story deserves to be told and deserves to be heard. So this is a platform where we do just that. Anybody and everybody is welcome to come on the podcast to share their birth story. Even if you think your birth was boring or not very interesting, there's always something that somebody else can learn from it. So through this, I hope that we learn and we grow together. Welcome to What the Bump. Hope is coming on the podcast today to share kind of all three of her birth stories. So, you know, she's going to tell us a little bit about her first two and then really dive into her third, or I don't know if you remember this, but you'd put um, on the little form when you book your podcast, you called it a wild card a little bit. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited to kind of hear all about that. Um, I feel like when you have your third baby, you're like, I've already done this twice. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm getting into. So they do kind of say that third baby can (laughs) throw you for a loophole. Before we get into all that, tell us, you know, give us a little intro on yourself. Tell us who you are. Great. Yeah. My name is Hope and
1: I am someone who always knew I wanted to be a mom, but I also always knew that I wanted to be a working mom. Mm -hmm. And over the last few years and the last few kids that has dramatically changed. And I have found myself totally awakened by motherhood in a way that I never... Mm -hmm expected, even though I always wanted to be a mom, it just totally took me off guard in the best way possible. And so now I'm someone who doesn't work outside of the home for these little kid years. And it's definitely exhausting, but I'm also loving it. Um, I had my first back in 2019, right before COVID. I mean, like, 11 months before COVID. So that was kind of crazy. Should I just dive in now? Or? Uh, Yeah, you you totally can. I
0: mean, it's segueing in perfectly. So, you know, (laughs) tell us about that first birth. Great. Yeah. So
1: I was expecting to go over 40 weeks, you know, heard that first time moms usually go over. So I was totally mentally prepared for that and thought it would happen. Yeah. And then I went to work on a Tuesday. I was leading a meeting until 5pm. Went home that night, decided, do I want to go to the gym or not? Decided not to. And then he was born by 6am the next morning. Wow. Um, it was, I went to bed that night woke up at 1am to what I now know is my water breaking, but it was the trickle. So, you know, I'm on the toilet, Googling, did my water break? Or did I just pee myself? I don't know. And then an hour later out of nowhere, bam, I didn't know it at the time again, but looking back, it was transition labor hit. Wow. So it was like, I was like grabbing the bed sheets and like screaming and crying. And I thought it was just the beginning. So it was like, oh my goodness, yeah. this is going to be rough. I threw up all over the floor. It was just like, a blur all at once and my husband's like running around trying to grab stuff and put it in the car and I'm like <laughs> trying to get out the door it was I loved it I mean it was just like that crazy unexpected spontaneous oh and it was 38 weeks six days okay. so it was way earlier than I was expecting um we got to the hospital the nurse checks me I was nine and a half centimeters wanting the epidural but she was like huh this baby's gonna come out and I'm like what So um, then it was time to push, and apparently I was not a good pusher (laughs) because I remember being like, am I doing it? I was up on my knees, like, behind the bed, or leaning over behind the bed, and she was like, um, (laughs) (laughs) you're not really pushing. (laughs) Well, it turns out that I was just so tense and, like, not able to relax and push that it was kind of stalling me. So in the end, I did get the epidural Oh wow. And then he popped out right after that. And it was all, again, exciting and spontaneous and such a blur. And I, in that moment that he was placed on my chest was like, I'm a completely different person. Like there was life before and now there's life after. And I don't even know what to do because it transformed me so much. And I was on a birth high for months and just the transformation of becoming a mother, like It was really like a whole new lens of seeing the world and so in love with this little baby boy named Levi. And then um, 2020 hit and he was a year old and we knew we wanted to try again for kids close in age. So uh, I did get pregnant the second try in June of 2020 and was pregnant for all the rest of that year and into 2021. And that pregnancy, I really feel like saved me through COVID. It was Mm. such obviously we all know such a scary time unknown time crazy time just like we look back and it's like what even happened but I had this baby growing inside of me and that gave me hope that everything Mm -hmm. was going to be okay in the world because there was still life that was growing and it really that pregnancy really I feel like saved me in 2020
0: yeah
1: um and then February 2021 was when my daughter was born two weeks early so 38 weeks on the dot yeah and and almost the exact same birth story, which is kind of crazy. It was my water broke almost at 1 a.m. and then she was out by 6 a.m. And so uh, I say those two birth stories because going into this third one, I was like, I've had almost the exact same two birth stories. I mean, obviously there were some differences, but both early, both started with water breaking, both out within five hours. Like I can't imagine that that would happen again And so going into this third, I was really trying to keep my hands open um, because if there's anything that trying to conceive, staying pregnant, giving birth and motherhood has taught me, it's that we're not in control (laughs) like we think we are. It stretches you beyond your capacity and we have to let go of our expectations and receive what is given to us, um, the good and the bad, you know. I like to think that I'm in control, but all of these things have showed me that I'm not. And so going into this third birth, I really, again, was trying to keep my hands open for, even though I've had very similar birth stories, this one, as they say, could be the wild card. And so I'm trying to prepare to go to 42 weeks and maybe it's a super long labor and maybe this or maybe that. And, you know, even trying to wrap my brain around, it could end at a C-section though. I don't want that, but it could, you know, just, Anything goes. And so most of my friends, too, they thought I would go early because historically I had gone early. Yeah. and so leading up to thirty eight weeks, even though I was trying to prepare for up to forty two weeks, I was kind of like, well, I, th- I think the baby will come early, you know, as every pregnant woman does. <laughs> and then I was also having a ton of crazy breaths and hicks, mm-hmm. which I know are practice contractions and don't nice. dilate you. but some of the providers that I talked to um, were like, "Yeah, it's nothing to worry about," and some were like, "Well, like, we don't know what's happening, so right. um, like, kind of be ready for anything." That was like around 36 weeks, so that also made me be like, "Okay, like, my body, even though it's practicing, seems to be really revving up, so let's go." And so. Around 37 to 38 weeks, every night I went to bed, you know, it was like, this could be the night, this, this could yeah. be the night. <laughs> like, you know, try to have the hospital bag ready and childcare for the kids and all these things in place. Like, and how and old then, were your other two at this point? Um, uh, my son is four and this was two months ago okay. and then my daughter's two, okay. this baby. Okay. So yeah, little kids and mm-hmm. expecting it to happen in the middle of the night. That was one thing that I was like, I'm sure it will happen in the middle of the night. Yeah. Cause that's just, you know, your body's relaxed resting and then the baby's like all right let's go uh so the thing that I said would throw me off the most if it was a day labor and birth um and even though you know every woman is and especially me is so excited to meet their baby and wants them to come early I also didn't want to rush the end of this pregnancy because it is or was my last and so I really wanted to soak it up and didn't feel ready to not be pregnant anymore even though obviously there were the aches and pains and and bend over and grunting every time I get out of bed and all those things. But I was like, <laughs> I I love it. This is never going to happen again. This is magical. And all these kicks, like you so easily forget what they feel like. <sighs> and so I felt this like tension of I want the baby to come. I hope the baby comes, but I don't want the baby to come. And I want to stay pregnant a little bit longer. But also every night, again, like revving up for this could be the night and then waking up to being mixed again happy that I'm still pregnant but sad that I didn't get to be my baby so that was going on 37 weeks 38 weeks I hit 39 weeks which I had never been 39 weeks pregnant before and then I hit 40 weeks which I had never been before and it actually felt exciting to me it kind of felt like this milestone of like wow 40 weeks pregnant like yeah and um again it was just such a mixture though of I'm kind of getting tired of waiting (laughs) But I'm also glad to still be pregnant but also this liminal space which I don't know if everyone knows what that means but it's this in-between space yeah. of something that is going to happen but it hasn't happened yet yeah. and the first two births I was still working outside of the home and so I was like I said my first birth and even my second like working right up until that baby popped out mm-hmm. and this was the first time that I wasn't working outside of the home, obviously still working as a parent, nonstop job. But I really appreciated this space of being able to slow down and kind of rest and prepare before this huge life change that now I knew was a huge life change. Before my first was born, I just kind of thought a baby slipped into your life and kept on going. But uh, with this like waiting for the baby to come, not working outside of the home i felt like i was really able to practice stillness and patience and opening my hands to anything can happen at any time and not trying to control you know when the baby's gonna come or not i had some friends who were texting me like are you curb walking are you eating spicy food are you you know doing all these things and i was like no like i kind of don't think those things work unless your body's ready and then maybe it pushes you over so I wasn't necessarily trying to rush the baby out.
0: You're like, I'm just being Except- patient. That is, you know, that's the best thing because when you're patient, you relax, you let that oxytocin mm-hmm. flow. I tell everybody like you can do all the things, curb walk, eat dates, <laughs> red raspberry leaf tea, spicy food, you know, a million different things. Sure. Try it all. It might maybe right. give your body like a 1% more chance if labor is <laughs> close by. But outside of that, you know, your baby triggers labor when they are ready to come And there's nothing really truthfully that we can do to influence that, unless like you know we do something like medically, like an actual induction or whatever.
1: Right, right.
0: And again, for me,
1: grasping for those things kind of felt like grasping for control. Absolutely. Which, as I continue on, there is a little something that I did do to (laughs) (laughs) trigger labor, which I'll share. Um, So my due date was September 11th, and. My wedding anniversary is September 17th. So ever since I found out when I got pregnant, what my due date was, I was a little nervous that this baby would be born on or right around my anniversary because I love to travel and get away when we can, when the babies are older, you know, for our anniversary. So I was like, oh, I really don't want to share this day or even the days around it for yeah. this travel. Cause of course I'm not going to leave my kid on their birthday to go celebrate my anniversary. So I was starting to sweat a little bit, like the closer we're getting, it was like, okay, this is getting closer to, yeah. again, everyone was like, that won't happen. That's crazy. And I didn't think it would happen too, but also thought it might. Or again, this whole Couldn't. trying to yes. hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, my due date, September 11th, 40 weeks um, my body felt like nothing was happening. Wow. Uh, I will say in August when I was 36, 37, 38 weeks, I did have a uh, sporadic period cramping or that's what it felt like. So I was like, this is probably dilating me some, I was like, I could be walking around three, four centimeters mm-hmm. dilated. Um, I don't know, but that's just kind of what it feels like and what I expect. Um, but then when September hit, totally felt like my body stalled out like anything that felt like it had been progressing like stopped like no signs of anything at all um except for again looking back it's always so interesting this is why I love birth stories it's like you look back and you can kind of see these little maybe clues or hints or at least you were totally surprised what happened but at 40 weeks on September 11th um I noticed how sensitive I felt down there like when i would get down and stand up like it was just so sensitive like i don't know how else to describe it except to say it was sensitive on the outside it felt like like, it just felt like the head was right there like bulging like ready to pop out that night i had thought like i bet i could reach up and touch the head i'm not gonna (laughs) try (laughs) you probably could have (laughs) It just feels like it's right there and then the other thing that i felt was and it's so hard to describe but it's just what i felt it felt like my water sack was also like right there like It just felt like it was about to fall out. Um, So the next day, 40 weeks and one day, I had uh, my appointment at my OBGYN for my 40 weeks, even though it was 40 weeks and one day. And that morning was normal. You know, I woke up a little sad. Okay, no baby. I was getting my two younger kids ready for their little preschool. My son really wanted to bake banana bread. Because um, I had talked about that with him, but you know, we're trying to rush out the door. But I last minute decided to quickly make this banana bread with him, which I'm really grateful for because that was now my last memory with just him before his new baby came. And uh, it's just funny again, things where it's like, oh, fine, we'll make the banana bread. Yeah. And, I look back and I'm like, oh, that's the sweetest Absolutely. memory. Yeah. Um, I dropped them off at their preschool, went to the OB which I usually see midwives, um, but for this appointment, my scheduling worked better with an OB. So I was gonna see an OB, got taken back to the little room. And I usually like think around on my phone waiting for the person to come in. But I had decided that I was probably gonna get a cervical check just to see. I know it doesn't you know, give you really any information. I was just curious. And with that, I was like, I think, I'll probably get a membrane sweep just because of the anniversary lingering. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I had told my husband like, hey, I heard there can be some bleeding and some cramping. So I'm probably going to come home after this and maybe just be on the couch for the rest of the day. So hopefully you can take point on things. He works from home. Um, and while I was waiting in this room, I was like, okay, since I'm, you know, I'm going to be touched down there and it's very sensitive and I don't really want to. Feel the pain of what a membrane sweep might be like I'm just gonna like mentally prepare keep my phone my little fanny pack and just wait and it turned out to be one of those uh 45 minute waits that uh I was waiting and just I almost like went out of the room to be like did you guys forget I'm in here but I already had undressed from the bottom down right. <laughs> and had the drape on me and so I'm just like sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and it was interesting because I felt like I was practicing in that moment what I had been practicing the last few weeks of leaning into stillness and allowing myself to be patient and not distracting myself. Um, (laughs) And I, I felt a lot of emotion rise to the surface when I was sitting there too, of just like this last pregnancy and this liminal space. And I think it's so interesting when we do let ourselves be still, be quiet. You know, our phones can be such distractions. Yeah. And so I had 45 minutes of that. I also totally redecorated the room in my mind. (laughs) There needs to be some plants. It's too stale (laughs) in here, here. but the OB came in and I had said, you know, I I do want a cervical check. I'm not sure about a membrane sweep. I only want it probably if I am dilated. some. Like if I'm totally closed off, I don't need to be messed around down there, but Um, we had a little conversation about that. And then before doing anything, she was like, well, I want to schedule you for an induction. And I was like, whoa, like just now 40 weeks. And I know how it can be. So thankfully, I was prepared for the conversation in general. I wasn't for that moment, I thought it would happen at 41 weeks or something. Um, So I was like, you know, I'd really rather wait to schedule an induction. um, Just because I feel like, there's still a lot of time that yeah. my body could use. And she was very against that. And so we we went back and forth for like five minutes where she was trying to push scheduling. And I was like, well, I'd rather wait. And it was a little tense. Like she was pretty clearly not happy with me wanting to wait, but we ended up agreeing on, I would come back at 41 weeks and schedule then for the future and get an NST. Um, to make sure everything was okay in that regard. So I did this kind of little tense back and forth with the OB. And then she went down to check me. And I I was like, look, I'm so sensitive. Like, I'm probably going to be like a baby. Like, just any touch is going to like, just make me cringe. So don't judge me. I'm sure they've seen it all though. But she went up there and I was kind of like, writhing a little bit on the table. Um, And then I felt a gush. And she goes, well, your water just broke, which it didn't surprise me because again, I felt like it
0: was right it probably there, was like, like, we call it a bulging bag. It probably was like, it like bulging into, I had the same feeling when I started labor with my first, um, I could feel my bags of water, like literally bulging down. Um, it's, yeah, it's a it's- real thing. It's and which makes sense if it was like pushing and bulging through the cervix into the vagina, her little touch up there, it makes sense that it, she accidentally broke it. Hopefully yeah. it was a true accident. I have I trust issues, but. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah. good. Um, Because she had said at first, I think she was like, you're six centimeters. Oh my God. Like, yeah, of
0: course I was going to, I knew you were going to say she went up there. <laughs> you were like five or six centimeters, something ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And it just was wild to me because again my body had felt totally stalled out and we had this conversation about the induction and then it was like boom here we here we are and so i like started crying from relief and shock and just like being sensitive down there you know and so i sat up and i remember her just like taking off her gloves and she was like all right go to the hospital <laughs> and it was kind of like even though i knew what was going to happen it still was shocking cuz it went from nothing to everything all of a sudden and so it was like whoa this is happening she was like here's um like a chucks pad put it under your underwear or over your underwear and then put one in the car and like go to the hospital and it was just I'd be like you better drive fast girl (laughs) (laughs) yeah she she said a couple times well I think she was like do you live close to the hospital and I was like yeah we just live a few minutes away and she's like well I guess you could go home but you should probably go straight there and I texted my husband like, "Going to hospital, like, gotta go." And he was like, "What? Like, wait, wait, what? You know, I just saw you leave. Everything was normal and hunky dory, and now you're texting me to go to the hospital." So I was like shaking a little bit, teary eyed a little bit, like in shock, like I said. And the hospital is right across the street. So at first I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna drive myself there. My husband can meet me there, like, because it does seem like this is gonna happen fast." Um, but <laughs> we've I've always had middle of the night labor so we've always gone through the ER so when I went to the women's center I couldn't find parking I didn't know that there was expectant mothers parking (laughs) like right up front so the parking lot was totally full and I was like I don't want to waddle across the parking lot with my water broken to, to go inside so I was like I'm just gonna go home so my husband can drive me so I went home and kind of helped him grab some stuff get in the car nothing had really happened in my body yet like contraction wise that I was feeling um but I again I was like it's Like, <laughs> so we got in the car drove to the hospital like a pro he pulled into the expectant mothers that I didn't even know about and um I just like left him and started walking inside he was like getting the bags I had a nurse yeah. gift basket and stuff and um I was hit with a contraction while I was walking in and it didn't I mean it hurt but it was bearable but kind of like a Braxton Hicks you can't really walk through it and so I like Kind of bent over in the middle of the parking lot, broad daylight, and there was a medical staff person who was right outside the sliding doors who saw me, and she yelled out like, "Do you need a wheelchair?" And I didn't know how to respond because I had been walking fine, and I knew once it passed, I could walk fine. So I just kind of like stayed bent over and was like, "Uh," and then she was like, "I'm gonna get you a wheelchair," which was sweet. So uh, that that contraction passed. My husband caught up to me. We walked in and then she had the wheelchair. Um, So I got in the wheelchair and we went through to check in. And it was, there's people in the waiting room. It was like totally different than a middle of the night labor where it's like dead and empty and the whole world is asleep. But you're going yeah. through this crazy thing. Um, And then got to Triage because, you know, just straight into the L&D room, which it was bright and like airy and beautiful in a way. Yeah. I was able to see my surroundings. Again, it was like a totally different experience. And the thing that I did not expect, which was a day labor in birth. um, And so I met my L&D nurses, you know, they hand me the gown, I go to get changed. I'm starting to kind of feel the contractions come on a little bit, but they're bearable. Um, I get into the bed, I had texted my birth photographer, she got there, everything's just like, happy hunky-dory again bright and beautiful everything's happening and then boom transition hits um and it was like out of nowhere just you know my whole body overcome with the contraction um and I did want an epidural so you know I was kind of like is this gonna happen or not because they have to send off your blood and like all these things and um I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I was like, if I can get it, I can get it. And if I can't, I can't. Again, this surrender kind of position of, I can't control it, but I will just go with the flow as much as I can. And I'm obsessed with birth. So I you know, watch all the things on Instagram and YouTube and was prepared for an accidental unmedicated birth for me. So I thankfully was prepared and I just closed my eyes. I don't like to be touched. When I'm in transition labor, because with my son, I learned that where my husband um would try to like coach me and touch me. And I was like, Don't talk to me, don't touch me. Like, I just need to go into my own little world. So that's what I did um for about an hour. It's nice having a birth photographer because they have the timestamps for everything based on when they take the pictures. So I would I went back and asked her afterwards, like, when did this start? And when did that happen? And she's like, you know, eleven forty seven AM. That's great. Um, so I was just working through the transition labor, telling myself, you know, it's a wave and it's intense, but it's not necessarily painful. Or if it is painful, it's pain with a purpose, the best purpose in the world of bringing forth my baby. And also I wonder if I'm going to get that epidural or not. <laughs> like, so then I felt my body start to push. Like I could feel the baby moving down and also with almost each contraction water is like continuing to gush out, which it doesn't hurt, but I don't like the feeling it's just more sensation on top of already so much sensation. Um, and it, in the moment of what happens I uh, I didn't realize that if I just chose to push the baby out right then like the baby would come out. I know that sounds silly um, but I was still, like everything had just happened so fast. The day had started off normal, went to my OB, you know, waiting a long time. And then all of a sudden this baby's coming out of me in the hospital. I just didn't have time to process. Like, so looking back, I'm like, I really <laughs> could have had this baby out a lot faster, but i was still hoping for that epidural. So, um, I think I just thought they would tell me like, you can't wait for it. Kind of like the first time, like the baby's coming out now. So Anyways, I looking back, I think I made the labor a little bit longer than it even needed to be by waiting for the <laughs> girl. Um, but eventually they the anesthesiologist came in. And I remember thinking, like, if she came in even a moment later, like this, I couldn't have waited. Um and then she got me all set up. And then uh the midwife was like, Look, like you got this so late. Like you're it's gonna help a little, but don't expect it to. <laughs> you know, be like maybe what you thought it would be like. She was like, it's still going to be a lot of pressure. She didn't use the word pain, but I was like, I, I feel like she's. <laughs> in pain. And at first I was like a little panicked, but I was like, you know what? That's exactly what I would want. Just a little edge taken off, yeah. but I'm not trying to numb myself out here. Like um, just want a little relief so that I can enjoy the moment of my son coming out without just <laughs> screaming him out. Um, which also I didn't know the gender for this one since I have a boy and a girl, um, um which surprise, it was a boy, <laughs> but, um, then the midwife, her name was Whitney. She was like, um, can I, she was about to check me and I was like, can we just wait a minute? Again, there's just been so many sensations like with the water and transition and it's all been so fast. Like, can I just have a minute to like, come back to the surface? Cause I feel like I did go to a really deep place inside of me to find that strength that you need to get through transition labor. And so we waited a minute. Well, it ended up being quite a few minutes, like 30, but, and then she checked and I was like, all right, head's right there, let's go. Um, I was overcome with like a wave of emotion of like, oh my gosh, like nine months of waiting for this moment and the last few weeks, which I felt like nine months just in the last few weeks of waiting um, to now it's happening. So uh, my birth photographer captured some beautiful pictures of that moment for me of just like tearing up and like, I'm about to meet my baby um it took nine minutes to push him out though it felt like much longer (laughs) just time is such a weird concept when you're giving birth um and what i wanted was for the baby to be put on my chest i didn't want anyone to say like it's a girl it's a boy i just wanted the baby in my chest and i wanted to bond with them before knowing just because i had them inside without knowing i wanted them outside just and then i wanted to look myself like hold them up find out that moment so um, he came out, was put on my chest, held him, snuggled him, just that birth initial both birth post birth high was soaking that in. And then I kind of felt like everyone was like like looking around like waiting. I don't know if they saw or not when he came out. They probably did. But, like, when is she gonna look? so i I could have stayed like that for an hour, but I was like, all right, I'll look. So I lifted him up and it was a boy very clearly, (laughs) kind of surprised me. I guess it's all a little swollen after they come out. I was like, whoa. I also, (laughs) well, I had gone back and forth on, I think it's a boy, I think it's a girl, I think it's a boy, I think it's a girl. I did lean towards thinking it was a girl. So I was genuinely shocked, even though everyone else in my life thought it was a boy. I guess I didn't have that motherly intuition. (laughs) Uh, Everyone else knew. But um, yeah, and then from that moment in the OB office until he came out was three hours total. Wow. (laughs) Which again I think it probably could have been two, but (laughs) I held my legs together. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yeah. So um that was the third birth story, a little bit of a wild card with going over and then also happening during the day. And Yeah. It was I love, I love all my births. They were very exciting. And it does leave you with that birth high, you know, especially when they're fast, I think. Yeah. Well, that's all I know, but
0: yeah, I love hearing you tell like all the birth stories because nobody else can really see you, but I'm sure they can hear it in your voice. <laughs> You're just like radiating so much happiness and like joy as you tell oh. them it really is, you know. Birth. I know maybe everybody doesn't tell their birth story with such joy and and happiness that birth trauma can be a is a real Mm -hmm. thing, but it's really exciting and refreshing to see you telling it with just like so much happiness because it is a really, really beautiful, special amazing like miracle that birth is to grow a human in you for 9 months and then to get to that moment where you're like this is the moment where it all you know comes full circle where you get to birth the, your baby it's it's amazing and it's so beautiful um and that is a crazy birth story you know <laughs> two really fast births kind of like the exact same to then right. have this like daytime you know really really quick birth so crazy
1: Yeah, even though it was a little different, it also was kind of the same, though, with the water breaking, which sure, it it seems like an accidental water breaking, but the water breaking and then baby out a couple hours later. So I did say it's my last, and it probably is. (laughs) (laughs) But if I was to have a fourth, I do think I would choose to fully go unmedicated since I almost did. You almost did it like three times. Yeah.
0: I was waiting for you to be like, I didn't get the epidural. I'm like, girl, you could have had that babies like.
1: I know. I um actually overheard the Ellen and nurse say to the anesthesiologist at the end, she was kind of like, sorry. Like, I think she like really hunted her down and like pulled her in for me. I think she was obviously off doing other things, but she was like, sorry, I kind of bothered you. And I was like, oh, that was sweet. The Ellen and d nurse really advocating for, you know, what I wanted. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, you did most of the har- all the hard work. <laughs> I would argue truthfully, um, you were you Yeah. Were so awesome, that's why so. looking back.
1: Oh, sorry to interrupt.
0: No, I. I was
1: never someone who had the allure of wanting an unmedicated yeah. birth, but after this one, I'm like, Oh, I see the alert again. I didn't fully do it almost yeah. all the way. And I'm like, it, I've always felt empowered with my birth. I don't think an epidural makes birth less Absolutely empowering. Not. Yes. Totally like, agree. I have felt that empowerment of totally. like, I pushed a baby out of my body. Absolutely. Um, but I think what felt different was accessing the strength inside of me um and kind of being in awe of myself in that way of like i because i i went through the transition labor unmedicated with my first but again it like i kind of said it was panic i didn't know it was transition there was like tears and screams and pounding my (laughs) fists on the floor it was at home like it was just like wild and then i was definitely more mentally prepared this time around and also was already in the hospital setting and So I was able to put to practice like what I had learned over the years of what it takes to, you know, successfully get through an unmedicated birth um, with the mindset and just the digging deep. And so there was afterwards this like, oh, wow, like, you know, I never wanted the unmedicated thing, but this was pretty cool in a different way. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I guess on that, not that there's (laughs) sides, but side now where for other friends i might encourage them who might want to get epidural to see what it would be like without and again no shame if you get it i'm all about whatever you want like you make happen bringing baby into the world is amazing no matter what yeah and you're
0: still you're still working so hard you know with or without but i totally understand there is you know there's a slight difference um Mm -hmm. you know, just like you said, like with accessing that like power, not that you don't do it with an epidural, but Mm -hmm. you know, you're right. Both ways are absolutely beautiful, but you did like 99% of the work. (laughs) Um, I was hoping you'd be like, and I didn't get it. Uh, I know looking back again, I'm like,
1: I I don't know why I didn't realize that the baby could come out right then. You're you're not even
0: thinking in transition, like you are in what we call like labor land. So your head is somewhere else. So you probably had one focus of like, I need the epidural, Mm -hmm. not realizing that you probably could have just like actually bared down to those contractions like five times and been done. Um, Right. I'm like, I I really think
1: I made it an hour
0: longer. (laughs) Yeah, you probably did. (laughs) But hey, that's Okay. Right. amazing and beautiful. And you mentioned your son is now two months old. So mm-hmm. I mean, how are you doing now with a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a two-month-old? How are you doing postpartum? How has it been? Yeah, I love talking about postpartum just as much as I love talking about birth. So here I go. Um. <laughs>
1: So I'll go back a little bit and say with my first two postpartums, um, like I said, I was working. And so I did have to go back to work at six weeks with my first and eight weeks with my second. And my husband, who obviously was also working, he had a one or two week paternity leave on his end. So both postpartums were pretty rough for me the first two times around. Also, I didn't know as much about how to fight for what I needed because I didn't know what I needed until it was too late. So I feel like I learned a lot about postpartum the first two times around of what not to do. Um, and I don't think our culture sets us up for success, much of helping new moms know, again, what they need. Absolutely. And it doesn't, our culture doesn't help support this amazing time in life after a child is born. It's like, get back to work. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what you got to do. So with this slur, that's a part of why I did quit working. There was a lot of reasons for sure, but it was a driving force of, I don't want to have a third baby and go back to work too soon. Um, Which even 12 weeks would have been too soon for me, which I had never expe- experienced up to 12 weeks, but it just was like, that's, it's so soon. Um, and then also my husband, we knew he was going to be looking for a new job. And it was really important to us that he could find one that had a three-month paternity leave policy. And he did find one. He started working last year. So this postpartum has been completely different, even though I do have three kids now. um, It's been so much better because I don't have to have what I experienced was anxiety about going back to work too soon and the stress of that. And I also have more support from my husband who has these three months off, where thankfully now with more kids, He's been focusing primarily on the older two so that I can focus on the baby. Um, and we've been sleeping in a different room so he can get a full night's sleep and, you know, have his energy towards the older two where I'm obviously having these middle of the night wakings, but get to sleep in a little bit more and take it a little bit more easy with the baby. So um, there's definitely been some moments of realizing what it's going to be like with three kids. I I'll go back again really quick and after I had my second I remember saying two weeks in like oh two kids is easy or like which I remember saying that to someone who had a couple kids like I think three at the time and she literally like laughed and spit her water out. (laughs) I'll always remember that moment because two weeks in is not an accurate depiction of what it's going to be like and I still even think now two months in it's not an accurate depiction. I'm like ask me a year from now what the Transition to three kids was like, and I'll tell you then because it having a newborn obviously can be hard in some ways, but also can be easy in some ways with them sleeping pretty easily on the go and not being defiant like a toddler can be. So, um, with this one, oh shoot, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> might have to be yeah. a pause moment. Postpartum brain, it's okay. <laughs> like, oh, it is so foggy. I like forget words, <laughs> I absolutely, can't doing what I'm saying where was I going with all that? Oh, um, um with three kids. Yes. What I, I won't say fully what it's like yet. Cause I'm giving myself up to a year to figure a- as that you out. You should absolutely. But there was this one moment, um, where I went to like a farm with pumpkins and stuff with all three kids and my husband. And I knew he was wearing our third baby. Um, Zion is his name. And he went to go get some lemonade, but there was this moment of, I was like, Where's Where Diane? He? Like, where's the third baby? And then like looking in the stroller, like, where's the baby? And then I was like, oh, okay, okay, just has it. And then the same day, just an hour later, um, my daughter was sitting in the stroller. She's two, but I didn't know it. And there's this moment of like,
0: where's Eden Like. I'm not used to keeping track of three. Like two is kind of Girl, I do that with two. (laughs) I'm all the time. I'm like, where's Braxton? Where's Adeline? Like anytime I'm in public. And I'm like, I can't even keep track of two of them. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like
1: your capacity is being stretched. Your mental. Yeah. And so I've yeah, those that moment I feel like was like, oh, okay, this is three, or just one more than I'm used to. Yeah. And um having more to keep tabs on. Um so I I, again, yeah, we'll see what it's like when the baby starts crawling and getting into things and I'm running more, you know, across the house, trying to keep everything or or around target or wherever it may be, trying to keep everyone alive and close to me. But I will say, I think postpartum, especially like the first 12 weeks, the fourth trimester is such a sacred time. I kind of view it as the best of times, the worst of times, because again, the post birth high, and then also the baby snuggles and the postpartum bubble, like it's all just so special. And even though it does feel long, also goes by so fast in the big scheme of things. But then in the initial few weeks, you know, there's also for me, like sore boobs and hemorrhoids and total exhaustion. And then in the long run, the foggy brain from the exhaustion that keeps happening every day from the lack of sleep. And um, like with my husband, we always have a little bit more strain in our marriage. I think as we are both being stretched in our marriage and as parents. Absolutely. And so I love talking about postpartum again, because I think it is so sacred, but it also is so like both the best and the worst, because mm-hmm. I view it as your whole world has been flipped upside down each time you have a baby and there's never going to be the world the way that it was before and so it's mm-hmm. figuring out and navigating what does our world look like now with our first baby with our second baby with our third everything is different even though it might be the same in terms of having a baby i think it's still different each time because it's a new baby a new member of the family there's new dynamics yeah. there's new capacity more capacity that's needed where you don't think you have it but then you're stretched into it kind of like you don't think that baby can fit out Inside your body, yeah. but then you stretch and it comes out and yeah. then your body's I, different. Your world is different.
0: Yeah, I love that because I think that sometimes when people have kids and they realize, like, oh my gosh, wait, my whole life just changed. It can be such a catapult into things like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety because it's almost like, why is my whole world different? Like it it, it causes at least. I experienced that with my first. Like mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, I'm just gonna have a baby and she's right. gonna fit into my life. Yes. And my life's going to continue like it did or or Mm -hmm. like it has. And I wish I would have had somebody tell me like, no, when you have this baby, your world is going to turn upside down and there's going to be this life before. And now this Mm -hmm. completely new life after, I think if I would have known that and -hmm. then experienced it, it would have clicked so much easier. And I would have been like, okay, this makes sense. I am in a new phase of life. I am a new human being and I have a new human being to take care of, but I didn't know that. And it really caused me to like struggle when I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't do anything I used to do, you know, it was such a big change. And I think it caused me to feel a lot of like maybe guilt and shame and just like a lot of unsettledness in my life because there was so much change. And now, you know, having my second, I I already realized like your life completely changes and it turns upside down and there's this new, completely new world after. And I've learned to embrace it and to love it and to expect it with like, a heart of anticipation instead of mm-hmm. a heart of like fear. And so I just love exactly how you worded that is like, there is that life before and that life after. And as a doula, I try to really prepare my families for that. like Not to scare them, but just to mm-hmm. set a realistic expectation of like, your life is going to be completely different. And you get to choose how you view that. You can view it as, you know, this, this terrible change, or you can welcome it and embrace it and and just dive full, full force into it. I totally agree. And I love that you get to
1: support your clients in that way. I did find myself asking the question many times after my first was born. Why didn't anyone tell me? And I also was like, why didn't I ask? But then I think I didn't know to ask. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't like now I know and I wish I had asked, you know, other mothers and women around me. But I did struggle for a while with like, why didn't anyone, anyone being friends, family, but also our culture. Again, there's just such a lack of support in this area and preparation. And I did struggle with that. And, you know, you think I would have been a little bit more prepared before my second, but it did take me two times to learn a little bit longer because, because I thought, okay, I've already done this. I know what to expect. And I didn't realize that having another one would also change so much. Again, Mm -hmm. I thought the second is just going to slip in. I've, I've already had my world turned upside down. Like, I got this. I finally figured it out. And then the second one came, my daughter Eden, and blew everything up all over again in the most beautiful way. But mm-hmm. I did fight the transformation again, I think because I wasn't expecting it. So for this third, I was fully expecting my world to blow up and fully expecting everything to change in in many good ways, but also stretching ways, which yeah. can feel it can feel bad. It's not bad. It's just hard and hard yeah. isn't always bad. Um again, like labor. I feel like everything can be a metaphor with like labor absolutely delivery. like it's it feels hard and that makes you think that it's bad, but it's not it's the best yeah. thing ever because birth is coming out of it in life. Um mm. and so I really feel like finally, third time's a charm. I was set up for like and again, that's why I was like, I'm quitting my job, which yeah. thankfully I was able to do that. I know not everyone can. It is a privilege. Um and really making sure I was set up. Um, So that's why, again, kind of going back to the beginning of the story of those last few weeks of waiting, I was so excited, but it was also like, everything's going to change and it's going to be good, but there is going to be loss of my old life as a family of four with two kids, what my capability is in everyday life, like that is all going to be lost Mm -hmm. and something's gonna be gained, but there's still the tension of that transition. Yeah, gosh,
0: we could like probably talk <laughs> about this forever. Yes. But I love it. Um, I totally agree. One last thing, if you kind of had to give like an overarching, you know, I usually ask, like, what's your biggest piece of advice or your biggest tip would you give to to moms who maybe are listening? Oh, I think
1: I've said it a few times, yeah. so it's not gonna be a surprise. I think it would be leaning into the posture of surrender and with surrender comes letting go of control or what I call like a false perception of control because I really don't think that we have as much as we want and so trying to get pregnant you know we all wish it could happen the first time boom you try and you're pregnant and we all wish that no one would ever experience loss um after getting pregnant and we all wish that our baby would come exactly when we want them to come the exact day and we all wish it could be so easy afterwards, but those things are all out of our control to an extent. Sure, we can do things to help promote more um, health and life and positivity, et cetera, but really releasing a false sense of control and leaning into surrender for all of those areas yeah. from conception to postpartum and birth and everything in between. Um, and one thing that I did with my birth when I was in transition accidentally unmedicated um I when I had the breaks in between the contractions which felt like two seconds (laughs) I would open my hands to surrender like to tell my self my whole body my emotions my brain everything like we are surrendering and then once the contraction would come I would punch up again try not to but Again, this reset of like surrender, surrender, surrender. So that's what I would say.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for just sharing all of your birth stories and Mm -hmm. your postpartum journey with us. Um, It was just really encouraging and you had so many good little like pieces of wisdom. just shifts in mindset. I think that are really good for all of us to hear whether you're walking through, you know, a period of trying to get pregnant, whether you're walking through pregnancy or postpartum, I think that you shared a lot of good little things that we can all draw on and apply to our lives in some way. So I really appreciate your time and your willingness to share all that you did. Yeah. Thanks for listening and chatting along the way. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at whatthebumpclt. Check out our website, whatthebumpclt.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.